Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. Fantastic. If you have your Bibles, would you open to Joshua? Joshua chapter 6, verse 25. I want to talk to you about one of the great Bible characters called Rahab. Rahab. Rahab had a nickname. It's one of the more awkward nicknames. How many of you got nicknames? You got, some of you got a nickname? And um, we've got, uh, you got nicknames? Uh, you know, we've, uh, I think I went through a season where my nickname was The Godfather and, and um, we sort of changed that. And then, then I had a nickname, PJ, Pastor John PJ, but never mind. That sort of went through that and it's now just Pastor John. <laughs> but Rahab, her nickname was The Harlot. How many of you think that's a pretty awkward nickname to have Rahab the harlot. But what an incredible story Rahab has. And um, let's, let's read just this one verse in Joshua, chapter 6, verse 25. And it says, And Joshua spared Rahab the harlot, her father's household, and all that she had. So she dwells in Israel to this day, because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Can I give you the background to the story? It's a background to the story. Moses passes the baton of leadership onto Joshua. They cross the River Jordan and the promised land lies before them. And what Joshua decided to do was to send not 12 spies, as he was one of the 12 that were sent out by Moses 40 years previously. He now sends two spies to spy out the city of Jericho. It was their first city of conquest in the promised land. And, and it was important for them because Jericho was probably the most powerful citadel in all of Canaan. And strategically, if they could capture Jericho, every other city would just fall at their feet because if they capture the strongest citadel, all the others would be in fear and trembling. And so Joshua sends out two spies into Jericho. And so the spies had a plan. How can we enter the city unnoticed and nobody takes too much notice? And their plan was, well, you know what? If we go to visit the house of the harlot, people will just think travellers just visiting the harlot and not take any notice. And, and, um, and so that's what they did. So they asked, who was the harlot of Jericho? And the answer was Rahab. She's the harlot of Jericho. And so they went to visit her, and then she quickly discovered that these weren't just two ordinary travelers, but they were children of Israel. And the children of Israel, there was a lot of talk because the army of Israel was not far from Jericho, and they'd heard that the Red Sea was parted. They'd heard of the conquest. They'd heard that God was with them. They'd heard about the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. I'm telling you. And I'm sure that Rahab had a numerous number of visitors that would tell her the stories. And she said, 
the whole city is in fear and trembling. And so she had a decision to make. And here's the decision. Do I expose them and have them killed? Or do I protect them and hide them? And so right there, she had to make a decision as to which side she remains on. Does she swap sides and choose the people of God? Or does she stay with the people who are doomed for destruction? How many of you read Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan many years ago? Because he had the same decision to make. Do I stay in the city of destruction or do I pursue the eternal city? And I want to tell you this whole world right now is right at the precipice of decision making. Do I stay in the city of destruction or do I pursue the people of God? And you know what Rahab did? She said, I'm going to pursue the people of God. I'm going to get on the winning side. My side at the moment is losing. The writing is on the wall. But I want to pursue the city of God, the people of God. And she hid the spies. And so what happened was the king of Jericho had heard that the spies were in town. And, so, and they'd heard. They went to visit Rahab the harlot. And so he sends messengers, where are the spies? And you know what? Bold-faced lies. He's Rahab, tells the king of Jericho, bold-faced lies. Yeah, they were here, but they're gone. Hey, listen, if you pursue them, you might catch them before they get too far. She'd actually hidden them on the roof of the city. And so when all the dust settled, she says to the spies, I know that God is with you. I know that God's on your side. Can you please have mercy on me and my family? Not just me, but me and my family, my father's household. And so as she was about to let them down the wall of Jericho, incidentally, she lived on the walls of Jericho. She threw a red rope out of the window. It's called the scarlet cord. She threw it out the window and they escaped out of the scarlet cord. So significant, the scarlet cord. And the, and, and the spy said to her, listen, this is the deal. The deal is this, that if you leave this red rope, this scarlet cord out of your window, when we come to pillage and destroy this city, we will protect this house and only this house. And everybody that is in it will be saved. Oh my goodness, what a metaphor this is. When you look through the Bible at the place of protection in the midst of destruction, it reminds me of Noah's ark. All those in the ark were saved. Ah, And it reminds me of, of the children of Israel on the night when the angel of death passed over uh, uh, Egypt and only those whose houses were sprinkled with the blood of the lamb were saved. And here it is in Jericho, the house that has the scarlet cord of redemption will be protected, will be saved. Let me just fast forward for a second because I'm sure I'm not going to get there. My time is running out. But let me fast forward. How many of you remember? I mean, the, the fact is that when we read the Bible, a lot of us have already read it. We know how the story finishes. 
And the story finishes very quickly that the walls of Jericho came down. How many of you remember that? They went around uh, uh, on seven days, and on the seventh day they went around a seventh time, and then they, they shouted the shout of the Lord, and the walls came come tumbling down. The walls came tumbling down except for one part of the wall. Can you imagine this? Every part of the wall collapsed except for one part, and that was Rahab's house that had the scarlet cord of redemption on it. That scarlet rope protected. And everybody died in the city except those that were in the house protected by the scarlet cord, which is a metaphor protected by the blood. The scarlet cord represents the blood of Jesus, the blood of salvation. I'm telling you right now, it's time to get under the blood of Jesus and you will receive protection in times of pestilence, in times of plague, in times of destruction and devastation. Stay under the blood of Jesus. Can anybody say amen to that? So they said, listen, your salvation will be in the fact that you have protected our lives. Because you've protected our lives, God will protect your life. And so the story moves on. And, and, and it's like it's funny because there are three things that we know about Rahab, the way she was. The three things that we know about her is, number one, she was a harlot. Number two, she was a liar. She lied to the king of Jericho. And number three was that she was condemned for death. So he's a harlot who's a liar, condemned to death. That was her destiny. But this is what we now know about Rahab. That's what we knew about Rahab. But this is what we now know about her. Number one, she was saved. We just read the scripture in Joshua chapter 6, verse 25, that Joshua spared her life. And that she was still alive when the book of Joshua was written. She was still alive. She was living because she was saved. The second thing that we now know, you've got to go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and read about this hero of faith. How many of you know the Bible well enough that Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of faith? When you read Hebrews chapter 11, there's a whole list of people that, that, that are, uh, are articulated in Hebrews chapter 11. And these are the people of faith. And there's only 16 names that are mentioned in Hebrews 11. And one of them is Rahab. And it says this in, in Hebrews 11 verse 31. By faith, the harlot Rahab... The nickname, it just sticks. The harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when they had received the spies with peace. With faith, by faith, she survived. Now, now this, is, this is what we love about Rahab is that the Bible puts down that she was a woman of faith. Because she made the right choices and she lived by those right choices. But the thing that just impacts me the most is not Hebrews 11 that she's enumerated in the heroes of faith. But Matthew chapter 1 verse 5. Matthew chapter 1 verse 5 goes through the genealogy of Jesus 
And when you read Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, you find that Rahab appears in the genealogy of Jesus. You say, how in the world does Rahab the harlot... Oh, come on, let, let me just state right, right here, right now, is this, she never remained a harlot. She got transformed. Now, this is what some historians say. That she ended up marrying one of the spies. Oh, you ladies just love this story. You're sitting there going, really? Yeah, I did some research on this. And, and so some of the Bible commentators say that, that one of the spies actually fell in love. And his name was Salmon. S, not Salmon, but Salmon. S-A-L-M-O-N. And, she, and, and Salmon ended up marrying Rahab. And when all the wars settled, they actually settled in a town called Bethlehem. Who's ever heard of a town called Bethlehem? And in the town called Bethlehem, Salmon and Rahab established their family. They had one son, and their son's name was Boaz. And Boaz married a lady called Ruth. And Boaz and Ruth had a little boy called Obed. And then Obed had a little boy called Jesse. And then Jesse had a lot of children. And one of them was David, who became King David. And what a lot of us don't realize is that the great-great-grandmother of King David was Rahab, the harlot of Jericho. And I just think this is so God. This is so God that God is able to take the harlot of Jericho and make her the honorable woman of Bethlehem. What incredible grace is that? And what happens is this, is that sometimes people remember your past, but God blots it away and God removes it from you as far as the east is from the west and says, you know what, I make you worthy to be in the lineage of the Messiah. How awesome is that forgiveness? How beautiful is God's grace? And you know what? I reckon the Bible continually refers to her as the harlot, but you've got to connect it to the genealogy of Jesus and say, yes, she was, but this is what she is. She's in the lineage of Jesus, the Messiah, the lineage of David, the king. She's in the lineage of the righteous. Yes, she was a sinner, but because of the scarlet thread of redemption, she became a saint to this day and forever. Can anybody say amen to that? Oh, so here's the question. What brought about these amazing changes for a woman who was a harlot, a liar, destined to death? What brought the change? Here it is, number one, divine connection. She made a divine connection with those spies. She connected with the spies. She made a choice. I'm going to disconnect with the ungodly people. And I'm going to connect with the godly people. She connected not only with the spies, she connected with the children of Israel. And because she connected with the children of Israel, she connected with the God of Israel. 
How awesome is that? And God connected with her. Can I just say to you, and, and you can come, Sean, and play for me because my time is up. I, I, the divine connection is what determines your destiny. Can I just say for me, there was a time when my trajectory spiritually was going down. My teenage years were full of rebellion. I was going to church every single Sunday, midweek. Whenever the church doors were open, I was there. But just because I was there didn't mean my heart was there. How many of you know we can be somewhere physically but not there in spirit? And I'm looking at my trajectory, it's going down, you know. It's like I was a secret Christian. And then in April of 1975, I was 16 years of age, through events, my, my parents decided to say, John, stop going to the Italian church where I wasn't connected. I was going, but I wasn't connected. And they took me back to the Aussie church in Newcastle, Hamilton AOG. And there I saw young people that was switched on spiritually. I didn't have in my old church anyone my age switched on spiritually. And I, and I, and I saw these young people, and I, I can still remember them worshipping like it was unbelievable. It's like they were God lovers, not Sunday Christians, but God lovers. Oh, I, I looked at that. It was just so attractive. It was like, oh, it's real. It's authentic. It's not just religious. It's authentic. Then they said, John, you need to come to our connect group. I said, I'd love to come to your connect group. And, oh, man, the presence of God was like I'd never experienced before. It was like I got saved again. I'd been baptized. I'd memorized Bible verses. But what happened to me in those early days of 1975 was life transforming and all of a sudden the trajectory of my life changed I got filled with the Holy Spirit I got baptized afresh I got delivered from some stuff that was upon my life and 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 let me tell you something a passion for God started to come into my life that changed my trajectory from that day forward to this day that led me into ministry. What was it about? Divine connections. Not theology. My theology never changed. Not the memorization of Bible verses that were always there. What was it? It was divine connections. I found people that were connected to me, that were interested in me, that were actually spiritually more advanced than me that were helping me in my journey, helping me navigate some of my teenage years where I desperately needed navigation. They helped me and I got switched on spiritually because of divine connection. Now, let me say something really powerful to you. The enemy's work in your life is to cut you off from divine connections. And I tell you, we all have opportunity of disappointment, where the enemy comes in and says, just walk away from those people. Just walk away from those people. But you've got to work out whether those people that the enemy is trying to get you to walk away from are the ones that God has ordained for your destiny. 
because it's in divine connection that you come into your divine destiny. That's what happened with Rahab. If Rahab had not connected, we would never have heard of that woman. She would have died with everybody else in Jericho. Nobody would have ever heard of her. But now this, this day, she's in the genealogy of Jesus. We're preaching about it today. We're talking thousands of years later. Her name is being celebrated. Why? Because of divine connection. Some of you this week were tempted to cut off from divine connection. And I want to say to you, the devil would have laughed. Because he knows that your divine connection is associated with your divine destiny. You find the place where your spirit sings. Find the place where you're encouraged to pursue the plans and purposes of God and connect there. Connect, connect, connect. Get through all the stuff and the stuff of life, the stuff of life. You know, let me tell you something. The person that I love the most in the whole wide world is my beautiful wife. But boy, over 39 years, we had opportunity to disconnect. Have there been arguments? Of course. Has, has there been opportunity to get offended? Of course. But we know this, that our strength is through divine connection. One will put a thousand to flight. Two will put 10,000 to flight. I just know that my divine destiny and Anne's divine destiny are linked. And the enemy would do anything to try to separate us. And you imagine if the enemy separated Anne and I, what would happen to you? What would happen to the church? What would happen in the name of Christ in our city? You've got to realize this. That if you let offense disconnect you, the enemy wins. If you sit down and talk it out and just say, you know, I just feel awkward about this. Can we sort it out? Can we talk it through? Because I'm a big believer that my divine destiny is connected to my divine connections. You'll overcome. You'll overcome. You'll overcome. My time is gone. I've still got lots of things to say, but I've got next week and next month and next year. And I want to finish by saying this. Can I get back to the scarlet cord, that rope out the window, and say this? That scarlet cord that's talked about is connected to salvation. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, this is, this is that scarlet cord. This is that connection. This is, it's the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all sins. It's this, it's right there in the Bible, right? It's woven in and out. It's like the, the, the Old Testament priest had scarlet threads in their robes. It's, it's, it's right through the hyssop and, and the sacrifice and the, and the mercy seat. It had blood sprinkled on it. It's right through the Bible from, from the beginning to the end. It's the blood of the lamb. It's this scarlet cord of redemption that I could speak about for ages. And it comes 
pointing to Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all sin. And it's salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus. And here it is today that if you will just call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. You've got to make a decision. You say, Jesus, save me. You shed your blood. And I claim the blood of Jesus. It will forgive you. It will cleanse you. It will separate your sins as far as the east is from the west. And then you enter into divine destiny. The destiny of God. The blessing of God. The relationship with God. The peace of God. The love of God. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. Every good thing from heaven will come your way. But today what you've got to do is just call upon the name of the Lord. And you will be saved. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.